Welcome to Employee of the Month. Here's your host, Katie Lazarus. Welcome to Employee of the Month. I'm Katie Lazarus, your host. So excited to have you here. If you're a first-time listener, welcome indeed. This episode that you're about to hear was taped live at Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. The interview is with, drumroll please. Actually, we're in Brooklyn, so African drumroll please. Mr. Kurt Anderson, who is a host on Studio, he's the host on Studio 360, and he also hosts another show, um, Kings County. These you can hear nationally. They're um, public radio shows that if you live in New York like myself, you can get them on WNYC, but they are rebroadcast nationally. He is first and foremost a writer, and we talk about his latest novel, True Believers, but if you go to his website, you can find out that he's also writing a musical about Houdini and has done so many things in print and media and television and film. I don't think this person has ever experienced writer's block. He has not covered the hieroglyphics market. So if you're looking to delve into there, you can. And that noise in the background that you're hearing right now, those are just fans banging, 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 banging at the sound booth windows, desperate to get in. Um, It's also a sign of poverty. So don't quit your day job, or that's a sign to me, don't quit my day job um, until one day I can afford a very formal, very, very nice sound booth. Maybe I should have a fundraiser like they do on NPR. You will hear a joke on the episode about tote bags. And I have to tell you that right now NPR is having its pledge drive. So it's a very timely joke. And if you listen to this podcast in six months or even six years from now, they'll probably be having a pledge drive again. So it's also an evergreen joke because that is how the show works. It is about the moment, finding a job. What do I do? Who am I going to get inspired by? And it is also about dreaming about life. What if I did X? There is no, you want to fill in a job there. Definitely, if you're going to be dreaming about something, there should be more there than just what if I did X? You're going to want to have hot air balloonist or Kurt Anderson, for example, as one of those dreams you want to aspire to. Without further ado, Mr. Kurt Anderson, so you don't have to wait till you're sleeping. You can hear him right now. Also, if you're driving, please don't fall asleep at the wheel. Um, he is a Peabody award-winning host of two radio shows on public radio on wow. WNYC and PRI, uh, Studio 360, mm-hmm. fabulous panoramic views, and um, yeah, the joke never works. I know, but in an old age, that's home, when I do a rim shot, huge. right? Yeah. yeah, that's a definite rim shot. Um, and Kings County, which is a new comedy variety show. He has also written multiple critically acclaimed New York Times bestselling books. And his newest one, we're going to hear a little, is uh, True Believers. And in addition to these, he's also been the editor of New York Magazine. He was a guest columnist at the New York Times. He's had several pilots. Did I mention he went to Harvard? Please welcome Mr. Kurt Anderson. Studio 360. I'm really glad we rehearsed that whole fake early entry thing. I thought that worked nicely. You did? You All right. Well, next time we'll fix it. Now, I have all these... First of all, I'm so excited you're here. I have all these letters that I keep getting from WNYC, and it looks like you guys need donations. So I was worried that you didn't have enough tote bags. So I got you guys. This is... I don't shop there, but this is from Whole Foods. This is from my cousin. Thank you so much. And this one... It's from Park Slope Co-op. So thank you. Even I hope that more. helps. Uh, well, I'll, we'll just put those into the giant uh, bin of, of tote bags okay, that we good. keep at WNYC, and and uh, I was worried. I give I, them to I, listeners like you. I have so many letters. I just wasn't sure. 
which ones were which. But you really are a member. That touches me. Does it really? A little. It didn't touch me when I went to your guys' fancy offices in Tribeca, and I thought, why am I giving money to these folks? <laughs> now, you have so many phenomenal books. Tools of Power, The Elitist Guide to the Ruthless Exploitation of Everybody and Everything. From the 1980s. It's pretty awesome. This one, I couldn't get with a cover. I got this on Amazon. This is the real thing. Do you know, do you know that, can you, do you remember your subtitle? Uh, the... Kurt, Kurt. <laughs> Let me help you out here. It was also from the 1980s. A Guide to Separating the Genuine from the Ersatz. No, I pronounced that incorrectly. That's, that's a pronunciation. It's a pronunciation. That was real. Oh, that was nice. That was very... Uh, that feels much worse. Okay, how do you really pronounce that? Ersatz? I don't Ersatz. know. Ersatz. A Guide to Separating the Genuine from the Ersatz, the Men from the Boys, and the Whole Wheat from the Chaff. Chafe. Chaff. Wheat from the Chaff. Wheat from the chaff. You can tell that yeah. I went to Harvard also. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Anderson, yeah. poor Wesley. Yep. Um, now, your newest one I'm very excited about is yes. True Believers. That's a novel. That's a fictional book. And it, oh, is, there it is phenomenal. I read it. Um, there's a picture of it, in case reading is not something you guys do in your free time. Um, what I was, one of the many things I was intrigued by this, this book, which is fantastic, was um, you have a day job. You work in public radio. And you moonlight writing novels. I might switch those, but yeah, sure. Okay, but for right and, now... Unfortunately, the show is only weekly, so I have plenty of time to do other things, like okay. write books. But technically, you're employed as a full-time employee or no. part-time? Are we really talking about employment? I guess that's the name of the show, so we yeah. are. No, I'm, a, I'm an independent contractor, okay. Katie. Because I got confused because I was wondering if you could read... Oh, this. From it, because I was just interested. You have a Well, I have, have been a part job. of public radio for a dozen years, yeah. Because there are many, many experts on this subject. I, I just picked out one. Yeah. Why don't you read from it? I'll one? read. Okay, this, this, uh, yeah, I'll read this. Sure. <laughs> the woman reading the news on Morning Edition is black. I learned not long ago from a friend who works at NPR. I'd had no idea, because there's nothing identifiably African-American about her voice. NPR has a bunch of black on-air talent, but because they all sound white, my friend told me in an embarrassed whisper, and because it's radio, nobody realizes it. We get no credit. What we'd kill for are some first-rate journalists with, you know, African-American names. Kadisha, Jamil. Now, does, your, does, your, does this office know about this? Or Th this hasn't been vetted by the, by the uh, authorities. No. On, on NPR. Yeah, I mean, just, uh, there you go. I couldn't believe you had, didn't have letters. Yeah. You know. People calling in to Brian Lair or something like that. Um, I, your novel's phenomenal. One of the many things was you, you dig into the Vietnam War and also Occupy Wall Street. Mm. And on a very a sort of superficial level, I was impressed that you were talking about Occupy Wall Street in such depth when it's still going on. Did you write up to your due date? No, actually, I, I, I invented uh, an Occupy Wall Street before it existed. And then it came true. No, really? True. No, no I, turned, I finished the draft of this uh, a year ago, uh, February. And, uh, and then I was rewriting and editing, as one does. And uh, suddenly, in September, I go, whoa, I, I better fleck in that word occupy here and there now that this thing exists. Well, that is, so you, you really did have an understanding that it might come to pass. I, I don't know what I had, but I did have, the, to the degree that that is in there, this protest movement of people... Uh, it was all invented uh, before the thing existed. Yeah. yeah, I love the granddaughter, Waverly, who's very active in the Occupy Wall Street movement, and she's talking with her grandmother, who's uh, dean of a, a very prestigious school, and she's 
sexy and sensual, but also incredibly intelligent. Not that intelligence isn't sexy, it is, especially on a woman. But um, I love that Waverly doesn't know who LBJ is, and she thinks it's LeBron James. She thinks it's a... <laughs> she does. <laughs> Her grandmother had a typo. I thought that was great. Um, I imagine as a writer, and I'm obviously not as prolific, and I can't recommend this book enough, I imagine as a writer you have to write these compelling characters for it to sell and, and become the hit that it is. Um, do, you, do you feel that way, that you're writing compelling characters? Uh, well, that's what you begin with, is a story and characters who you think are worth spending 400 pages reading about, for sure. She seemed irresistible. She's, she's so smart and she's talented and... She's a little older than you, and I was curious if she's if there's like a Mrs. Robinson connection. Like, do you are you attracted to her? Like, do you feel? I mean, I, I if I were single, I'd date her. Yeah, yeah sure, definitely. Uh, no, yeah, Mrs. Robinson is kind to me because she's not that much older than I am. But uh, yeah, I mean, one one uh, you you do. Uh, I don't think you necessarily have to love your. Your characters and 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 one, you don't love them all, but in her case, I, I very I, I I adored her. Yeah. Yeah, I, m- I imagine you have to fall in love with them Little. or hate them. I mean, have real passion if it's four hundred well, pages. Well, and, and you're channeling them and you're inhabiting them. So therefore, you know, if you don't want to hate yourself for the two years you're writing it, you better like them. Okay. So, do you feel like you like liked her? Like liked her. <laughs> I liked her. Just curious. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, as a journalist, you've written for so many phenomenal publications in, in addition to creating them. Um, I wanted to ask, how do you balance your mission as a journalist with the reality that your financial backers uh, may have a different agenda and may not want you to publish certain things? Or a shorter way to say it is, what was it like getting fired from New York Magazine? Uh, yeah, well, that that was where push came to shove. In, in, as it happens precisely that way. No, it, it uh, uh, you know, there's all, when you're editor of a magazine like New York, at least under that, it's then ownership uh, of Henry Kravis and others. Um, and let's just set that up for everyone. You, you were writing an article about two huge financial investors, Steve Ratner, who people may know about, and Felix Royaton. I don't know. Yeah, to- and, and we were covering Wall Street aggressively and regularly as New York, a magazine called New York should, right? Uh, and, uh, he tried to persuade me that that shouldn't be covered at all in New York Magazine. It wasn't about killing a particular piece, which would have been another awkward conversation, but it was about saying, eh, no, don't cover Wall Street. And I said, nah, we got to cover Wall Street. And, uh, and, and we ended our very pleasant breakfast, and uh, lo and behold... Uh, oh, and then my, my actual bosses between my, you know movie villain-like boss owner and, and, and the people who, I, who paid my check said, oh, pay no attention to him. We got him covered. Pay no attention. Great. And so I proceeded and paid no attention and then uh, on my birthday, a few months later, it was fired. Are you serious? Well, actually, they were going to fire me on my birthday, but then they realized at the last second that it was my birthday, so they waited for the next week. Where's the Medea t-shirt? Where's the yeah. guy who won that? That's, I think he needs it. I don't mean to re-gift, but... Hardship. Keep the lottery ticket. This is a Medea stunt. Thank you. You have a future ahead of you with that lottery ticket. This is for the past. Anyway, Um, so so no, and and uh, running any magazine like that, there there are always issues of pissing off advertisers or not, and 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 making those those kinds of uh, you know tactical 
decisions and about the, what you do. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but even the people you're interviewing, I mean, to get them to give you the goods, I imagine that's also a tricky balance of how much do you get from them before you write something. Uh, yeah, but fortunately, I went directly from being a writer uh, about architecture who never really did any journalism to being the editor of a magazine because I started it. So I never had to okay. actually learn how to be a journalist. And... and uh, I simply play one on the radio. That's com- that's comforting. Yeah. Um, okay. You also co-created one of my favorite uh, magazines. It's sort of a cross, I would say, between Mad Men and Vanity Fair and GQ, and it was the first humor magazine, Spy Magazine. Um, here are some of the covers I have behind you. Uh, did you know you were essentially like creating or igniting a passion for magazine culture? We we all we were doing my co-founder Graydon Carter who has been the editor of Vanity Fair for the last 20 years and I just Can you say his name again? Graydon Carter? I think you dropped something. Yeah, he's the editor in chief of, of Vanity Fair uh, Anyway, we just uh, w- and great we, hair. We, he what? Has great hair. hair yeah. He has extravagant hair. Um <laughs> Uh, we just wanted to, we, we started talking about a magazine that would be our favorite magazine that wasn't being done. And, and over the course of about a year, um, uh, thanks in no small part to my wife, who had a friend who became our publisher, we started it. And Do you want to say her name? Because she's also a, a wonderful writer Ann as well. Kramer. Ann Kramer. Yeah. And uh, so we started the magazine. And no, we just thought we were doing this uh, strange little magazine uh, uh for New Yorkers in New York, and that's really what it was. We didn't have an idea. We didn't have any idea of what that it would have some impact, that it would be have some influence. That nor did we have any sense that the internet was about to happen, which would have probably made it impossible. That we and and that as a result of the internet about to happen, we were sort of at the end of the magazine century, and so all of that we were lucky in many ways. Well, let me show a clip from, from one of your specials because you had specials on MVC. We did. Um, so if we can just dim the house lights a little bit for this clip. And again, you guys can see on the TVs, I hope. What if Donald Trump were to get his own Saturday morning cartoon show? Trump, Trump, Trump. Donald Trump. And by the way, before Jerry Seinfeld was famous. Yeah, that, that you can About five go. minutes before Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> was famous. Is that right? Because yeah. all the people in that clip, uh, I mean, other of the clips that you have, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and um, the one who became really right-wing, uh, the blonde uh, from SNL. Oh, uh, Victoria Jackson. Victoria Jackson. Yeah, she's in there too. Yeah. Good, good for you for helping yeah. fund her. No, doesn't Trump look on? just the same? I mean, and, and, yes. and again, the fact, <laughs> we made that 20 years ago, and the fact that Donald Trump... Uh, everybody knows who he is, and he's still the same asshole that he was 20 yes. years ago. Yes. It's incredible. Timeless. You know? It timeless. is amazing. Maybe that's why I find so much comedy derivative. What were you saying, Shaq? I just said timeless. That's timeless. Yeah. There you go. Was that Smigel who did the cartoons? Uh, Rob Smigel helped do that cartoon. Yeah. He's the one you guys know from SNL. Do you ever see... Um, I, 
anyways, it's phenomenal, and it really did start a new culture in terms of how magazines. Well, that's very nice to say. No, we were, as I say, at a at a at a lucky Ooh. moment as this kind of wave of a certain kind of humor and comedy were happening. I mean, David Letterman had started a few years earlier, and 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 in our small way, we were part of the same wave. I think. Speaking of which, so you you have been a trailblazer in magazines and publishing in public radio. Is there any other dying industry you'd like to get into? Um, boat building and the dance. Okay, very good. Very good. Now, are you working on another thing? Are you relishing in the, the joy of having True Believers out and it's getting such critical acclaim? There's this uh, young writer, Robbie Bates, who even uh, read it and he loved it as much as I really? did. Really? Yeah. I'd like to meet him. Uh, I am, uh, I'm, I'm sort of, now that I've, uh, the, the, it's happened a few months, it was published you know, a few months ago, I feel like I've escaped the blast radius of that sufficiently that I can now really concentrate on what I should do next. Which is? I, I'm, I'm still looking through my cupboard at, at all of my half-baked uh, ideas. So just logistically speaking, because you, you have these two radio shows, I mean, it just seems like a tremendous amount to a normal or relatively normal human. Yeah. Um, how do you structure your week or your day to get all these things done? Uh, I write in the basically, I, I work on books in the morning uh, until lunchtime and then have lunch. And then, uh, and then three or at least three afternoons a week, I go and do uh, Studio 360 at uh, the radio program. And then... And then there's weekends. I don't watch sports. That's my single biggest, uh, my, my secret, really. I, I have an extra 10 hours that none of my other male friends have <laughs> a week when they're watching games. Can and you I, give one more, one more juicy tidbit, just for those of us who are not as athletic? Uh, like, do you not cook your meals? Like, is there another time well, saver? Well, I, I, I actually, I, I cooked all of our family's meals for 25 years and then oh, wow. retired from that a few years ago. And so that's another. Who does that now, the kids? Uh, well, the kids a little, and you know, the the, the wife uh, finally, twenty five years later, took up her wifely duties. Um, I'm glad there was not any tension on this subject. Yeah. That's what I'm there wasn't actually. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Uh, I, I basically I, I I sort of disregard weekends as weekends. Every day is a possible work day. That doesn't mean I work seven days a week. But you know, it, I, sometimes I take Tuesdays off. Sometimes I take Sundays okay. off. You know? Okay. Just it's good to know that you have some days where you're not. Contributing to society. Um, uh, I yeah. appreciate that. I, some days. Well, thank you for teaching us the tools of power of the elitist um, to the ruthless exploitation of everybody and everything. Uh, I, I actually really, really enjoy this book. I hope you will do more humor books. I was excited about Kings County. Thanks. And you said it's coming, uh, going to be on the Yeah, we did the first the three Kings County episodes uh, at uh, uh, a couple of different venues in Brooklyn with comedians and, and, and musicians and do you Not unlike this. Any more comedians? What? Or we do. We do. Um, and uh, those went well, and and we're going to do a bunch more uh, in this new year. Great. I'm available. Um, <laughs> Kurt Anderson, thank you so so much. We'll oh, have it's you come pleasure, back. Oh, my pleasure, Katie. Thank you. Our very glamorous award ceremony. This is a really high budget production. Um, please welcome back Kurt Anderson, who we are going to give this beautiful award to. And Flair! 
this episode of Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can go to employeeofthemonthshow.com and that will take you to SoundCloud where you can download individual episodes or you can subscribe to the entire series for free on iTunes. Highly recommended. I want to give a very special thanks to Todd Rosenberg, Ian Mazoff, Damian Strange, and used to be theater for making this possible and most especially to you listening. I really, really appreciate it. Um, that's it. Thanks so much. Okay, have a wonderful day. Eat lots of vegetables and make sure to get some exercise for both of us. Okay, bye.